Hey everybody, welcome to the Desert Dirt Biker Podcast. It is episode 34, January 12th, 2021. I am your host, Corndog, with my co-host and good buddy, Eric. How you doing, Hey guys, doing great. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, very cool. We got a Thanks for pretty, joining us. We got a pretty fun and exciting show tonight. We've got a guest on coming on later. We're going to get him on the phone. Happy Dave, Dave Martin. Not Corn Dog Dave Martin, but Happy Dave Martin. <laughs> anyway, uh, can't wait to hear his show, his story, his show. Uh, known him for quite a few years. Don't know him very well, so hopefully we get to learn some stuff about him. Uh, met him in Moran, raced in Moran years ago. Uh, he was on the Skyler Road to Dakar fundraiser ride a couple months ago in St. George with us. Anyways, reached out to him. He's racing rally bikes now and thought it was fitting to have him on the show this time in history because we're talking about Dakar a lot. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to having him on. Met him at the Skyler ride. And uh, seems like a really cool dude, so can't wait to hear his story. Very cool. So first, let's uh, throw out a thanks to our sponsors, Throw Me a Bone. You can find them at theantlerchew.com. Recreation Tires, find them at rectires.com. And Blood Lubricants, find them at bloodlubricants.com. So reach out to them. They're the ones that's helping us, help us. Keeping this thing rolling. Yeah. Reach out to them, support them. They're supporting us. Uh, also, if you want to reach out to us, we are on Instagram, the Desert Dirt Biker. Uh, our Facebook page is KD Eric. I know it's a little misleading and throws people off, but that's what it is. So, too late in the ball game to change that, I think. So, KD Eric, and throw us an email if you want, uh, the Desert Dirt Biker at gmail.com. Anyways, Eric Dakar. Let's talk a little bit about Dakar. Uh, yeah, man, it's been uh, been pretty awesome following that all week, and uh, some some big days for the Americans. Yeah, pretty cool. We just Heck finished yeah. up stage nine, but let's go back to stage seven, the uh, first day of the marathon. That's pretty crazy. So, um, like we discussed in our last show, the marathon is you basically run two days without any support from your crew. Uh, there was a controversy going on a little bit, being COVID and everything. So when they get done with part one or stage one of the marathon, which is stage seven, they all show up at the bivouac and they don't know if they're going to be in tents uh, out on the ground or a storage building or a gym or whatever. Anyways, all the big factory uh, teams decided they need their own RV there. So I guess it was approved. So your bigger name guys got to hang out in their RVs that night. Uh, for instance, Skyler, I know he he stayed in a gymnasium with most of the other guys. And so they supplied uh, a two inch mattress a bunch <laughs> a of guys in our gymnasium. So, um, I guess it is what it is. I haven't heard too many complaints about that. I'm sure some people were complaining here and there, but buckle down, 
do what you got to do. Yeah, no, well, uh, day seven, I think that was one of the longer stages that they had seen too, was the the first day of the uh, marathon stage. And uh, Toby Price ended up <laughs> getting a tire sliced. Like a four-inch gash. Big in old gash tire. in the side of the tire. And he ended up MacGyvering it with some duct tape and a bunch of zip ties and and uh, gave her heck on the next day. And Impressive. I can't believe that thing held together. But, uh, yeah, he went the whole next day and finished second on that stage day eight <laughs> with a slice tire. And he, he said he got to the fuel stop. He looked back and it had one zip tie left. I think he put four or five on there to start. Had one zip tie left and he, he looked back and he goes, well, I guess we're going to find out if these Michelin tires will hold up with a gash in them. Anyway, he was sending it pretty hard and ended up finishing day eight with, you know, with that tire. And it and, held and, up. Yeah, and he didn't hold on. I mean. I don't think he, he backed just, off much. Yeah. yeah. So, which is crazy. I, I had a tire come apart one time that split lengthwise all the way around and I know it beat the heck out of me destroyed my rear fender my seat my subframe it was it was I was on a power line road racing wide open scary scary stuff thank goodness for my water pack and chest protector <laughs> didn't go down but man what a ride yeah that's crazy anyway so on stage seven uh Ricky came in first so he got a stage win and Skyler came in third. Skyler was on the gas. Way to go, Skyler. Heck yeah, buddy. Good job. So at stage seven, that put him in the general rankings of Skyler in seventh and Ricky in eighth. So they're definitely in the hunt. We go into day two, stage eight, day two of the marathon. Uh, let's see. Ricky came in third and Skyler ninth. And for the general rankings, that put Ricky at sixth and Skyler in seventh. So they caught, kind of swapped a position there. So you get into stage nine, which was last night or yesterday, however you want to call yeah, it. It'll be last night. And I know they're probably results getting, came out this morning. Yeah, they're getting ready to suit up probably or waking up about right now over there. The time we're recording this to start stage ten. So on stage nine, Ricky came in second, Skyler in tenth, and General that put Ricky at fourth and Skyler in seventh. So it's they're definitely still in the hunt. On a side note, Toby went down, got hurt. Skyler, or I'm sorry, Ricky was the first one to him. <laughs> I guess he had a broken shoulder and clavicle or something like that. They I think he had an AC separation, broken clavicle, and. Um maybe knocked himself a little silly he had kind of yeah. some maybe a concussion and Ricky said I heard an interview with Ricky and he said that um Toby asked him like seven times who where he was and who Ricky was and he was definitely yeah. definitely uh knocked a little silly so sorry Toby uh Heal up, best wishes. Better luck, yeah, best luck next year. There was another rider Glad that he'll went be out. okay. There was another rider that went out with injuries, and I don't remember his name, but he flew to the hospital in a hmm. helicopter. And But there was a total of um, nine 
bikes out of the race after today's stage. Wow, yeah. It's... Whether it's mechanical or injury. Well, as this thing wears on, you know, it's getting late in the late in the event, and that's definitely going to be a factor. Things are going to come into play, you know, as it gets later into the race. So, going into stage nine, uh, or no, going into stage ten tomorrow, right? Yes. So, stage ten. Ricky's had some strong finishes the last three. I think he's on his game. He had a first and two thirds, so or first, a third, and a second actually. So. He's he's on his game, man, and he and he's in a good position right now, sitting what fourth fourth overall in the general. So yeah, yeah, he's in a good spot, and he's riding well right now. So best of luck, Ricky. Send it. Yeah. Good luck, Skyler. You're in a good position too, sitting seventh in the overall. Heck yeah. So can you, you imagine the, it. the the fatigue and the the mental games you're going through right now, and, and let alone your equipment. Are those tires going to last? I, I think that's the big question of the that car this year is the tires. Yeah, that definitely is a is a key challenge, and and I think everybody's getting to that point where they're going to be running used tires for the last couple of days, and and just sending it on that on those you know <laughs> last two days sending it with used tires and just fatigued, mentally wore out, physically tired and sore and. Yeah, man, it's it's something else. Tip of the Dakar. <laughs> Pack a lot of duct tape and a lot of zippy ties. <laughs> yeah, it worked for Toby. <laughs> so. Anyway, um, cool. So I can't wait to get up in the morning again and see the results from stage 10. I've always been posting every day, so it's it's pretty neat. I'm excited. But three stages left, so we'll be having another champion here in a few days yeah it's awesome any uh um what do you, what do you call predictions it? yeah any predictions on that eric man i don't know it's it, you know it's anybody's game still look at what happened to toby today he, he's out after leading for a couple days um the the uh second yamaha bikes out the honda boys have been having a good day so I mean, honestly, um, you got three Hondas in the top four or five bikes. I think it'll be hard pressed for Honda not to be on the podium, um, and and possibly even not take a win again this year. You know, uh, Cornejo's riding really well. He's he's leading now, I believe, and uh, Ricky's hot on his heels. So, man, I don't know. It's exciting. Yep. And then today, stage nine was pretty emotional. It was the year anniversary to the passing of, uh, what was his name? Goncalves. Yeah, I can't even. I can't even pronounce it. Sorry. But, uh, but anyway, it was pretty cool what was allowed. A bunch of the guys put uh, were able to put stickers on their helmet and stuff. I saw a little Instagram of, of uh, Toby putting a sticker on his, on his uh, number plate or something like that. But uh, what's crazy about that is a year ago when he passed racing, Toby's the first one that was to him last year. And then Toby crashes a year later. You know, thank goodness he's he'll be all right and he's in the hospital recovering. But Yeah, yeah it was Paulo Goncalves. Paulo. Yep. So uh, he's well missed. He was a big name in Dakar. And so 
with all the tension and all the fatigue and then then the emotions coming out today sure sure there was a lot of stress yep for just, sure. you just gotta get in your zone and and run and go for it and hope for the best so um on that note um sending out good vibes to every one of the dakar racers yep hopefully everybody can finish safe and and have a good fun ride so all right well that was our dakar report um Dude, RockyMountainFantasySupercross.com. It is open, open for registration. I think I post, or I did post a deal on our Instagram and our Facebook with our um, group name and password. If you guys want to join us, the Desert Dirt Biker is the group name and password is Dirt Biker. It's free to join and it's fun. It's a, something to look forward to week to week. And, uh, you can win some awesome prizes with Supercross or with Rocky Mountain. And uh, yeah, and then along with that, so if you guys have done the Fantasy Supercross um, with Rocky Mountain in the past, they obviously give away their prize packs and stuff. Um, and our group, the Desert Dirt Biker group, is also going to give away um, a prize to the winner of our group. Additionally, Recreation Tires is going to give a t-shirt, a free t-shirt to anyone who can get the top five riders. So each week, if, if anyone's able to get five riders correct, not including the wild card, so get the, the one through five. If you can get those in the correct order, you'll win a free t-shirt from Rec Tires. So thanks nice. to those guys for... Yeah, that's pretty cool. Thanks, Nate. Doing that. So, very cool. So, and I think we've got like 25 people in the group, so that's going to make it pretty interesting. Let's get yeah. a lot more. Yeah. And uh, bragging rights, and you can put a little message down on the bottom of our group and and read the messages. I know I've put some, Eric's put some, Nate from Rec Tires put some. Yeah, it's a good time, for so, sure. Bragging rights. You only got a couple days to get in on it before Supercross starts, so you want to get in early before, um, you know, before the season starts. Otherwise, you'll be a week behind, and yep. it's hard to make up those points. So get in, get your picks in. Uh, first Supercross race is this weekend. Yep. So in Houston, right? Houston, yep. Yep. Which is first crazy. Round. No Anaheim. Well, we had an Anaheim one last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> one racer. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so Jokes. go join us. Uh, look on our Instagram and our Facebook for more information on that. I've posted that all over the place. Anyways, uh, what else we got to talk about, Eric? <clears throat> Should we just uh, try to get Happy Dave on the phone? Yeah. Yeah, let's get Happy Dave on and... And let's hear from Happy Dave. Get his story. Heck yeah. So... All right, stay tuned. Yep, we'll be right back. This episode's guest is brought to you by Blood Lubricants. Go check out Blood Lubricants at bloodlubricants.com. Welcome back, everybody. As promised, we have Happy Dave on the phone. How you doing, Happy? Awesome, guys. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. It's good to have you. Oh, man. I, dude, I think it's so cool that you guys do this. It's just it's letting guys get connected when they normally wouldn't. So super pumped that uh, you guys do this. And uh, 
I get to talk to you tonight. Sweet. Heck yeah. Well, well, thanks for coming on. And uh, before we get going, we, of course, we want to get your history, what, who you are. You know, we want to learn who you are more than what we know and for our listeners too. But the first story we need to know is where you got your name, Happy Dave. <laughs> so for our listeners, for our listeners, his, this, his real name is David Martin. Same as mine, you know. I'm corn dog. He's happy, but uh, I got I got a proposition for you later on too. We're going to talk about. But first off, let's where'd happy come from? Ah man, well, well, ride happy came from one spot. Happy Dave came from uh, third gear, a little bit of dust outside Caliente. I was scrapping with two guys, and we were hustling through a wash. And I decided to clothesline uh, a cattle gate. Oh. And the, the, the bike stopped. I supermaned over it. I got up. There were two guys ready to check on me. And the one dude grabbed my helmet and he saw me smiling. And he goes, happy Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I was like, Tweety Bird. I was like, what? I'm like, what happened? And he's like, you didn't, you didn't, you hit the gate, dude. And you took both pylons with you. <laughs> <laughs> were you just out riding or were you in a race? No, that, that was actually a, a really cool event, uh, kind of grassroots event called Ram. Uh, and it was run by a guy out of Bishop, California. And we did a five-day ride where we rode from Tom's Place, which is just south of Mammoth. And we rode across Nevada. That's what Ram stands for, ride across Nevada. And uh, I think day four was into this, the Caliente area, and day five was St. George area, St. George area, with a, which was our last day. So yeah, I hit that gate on day four, and then they started calling me Happy Dave. I think that was oh four, oh five, and it's it's just stuck. <laughs> That's pretty good. What what year was that? How long ago was that? Uh, I think that was 2005. That was the summer of 2005. Sounds like a pretty rad event. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally, man. That, that's that's my friend Frank Smith. He now lives out in Parowan and he does uh he's now he's he's a retired uh Mono County DA and now he runs a company called Fatco out of Utah and he does these awesome side-by-side -side rides for anybody who wants to go. Bravik actually did a ride in his side by side a few months ago with him. Oh, yeah, hmm. I saw that. That's awesome. Well, very cool. Yeah, yeah, super cool guy. Just adventures. Well, on that note, I think everybody, at least pretty much everybody I meet on a dirt bike, could be happy because that's what it does to us. <laughs> totally. Yep, yep. All right. Well, let's jump totally. in. That, and that, that's where Ride Happy. That's that's where Ride Happy came from. Where's that? What's that? Uh, sorry, I, I lost you. No, I was gonna say that. That's where Ride Happy came from. Was literally like imagine this. I'm 30 years old. I just bought a CR125, my first bike. I'm going down the 15 in Southern California. I'm gonna go ride a track for the first time ever. And I, dude, I'm just happy. Like I, I, I'm just happy. And 
coming up behind me, big old black truck, lifted, blacked out windows, two bikes in the back. These guys pull up alongside of me. I look over, big old smile. I wave, yo, what up? And I call them Thundercats, these young cats that, you know, black socks, black shoes, black shorts, black brim hat. They're all tatted up. <laughs> and this dude rolls down his window. I'm looking over, smiling, waving like, yeah, we're going to the track. And this dude just flips me the bird like I'm a peasant. And I was like, oh, for man. real, dude? For real? I was like, it's like, what a bummer. So. Uh, the rookie I was, I happened to miss my back break for some reason. When I saw him on the track, we ended up over the berm together. I smiled at him again and off I went. So we were good. <laughs> so you're riding happy. <laughs> I kind of felt like a Southern California surfer and it was territorial or something. Right. Right. That's crazy. What track was that? <laughs> that was, uh, that was Lake Elsinore before they, that was 2000 that was 2000 so that was when it was the old lake elsinore and it was just dirt and mud and water um but it was it was awesome they still have an awesome park right right cool well happy dave let's uh intrigue our listeners and tell us uh where you came from and what got you involved in dirt bikes Gotcha. Right on, man. Uh, I grew up in the East Coast, uh, Boston, Jersey. Uh, I was born in Cleveland. And uh, my brother, I had an older brother. He was the, uh, in Jersey, we used to call them ginkers. Uh, they were the dudes that were like wearing jean jackets and work boots and smoking cigarettes. And I was his younger brother, that prissy little scaredy cat preppy kid wearing an Izod polo. And if I was five minutes late, I would be mom and dad would be all pissed. So I was playing sports in a preppy. My older brother was riding dirt bikes. He was a pole vaulter uh, for track. He was strong. Uh, and one of my favorite childhood memories is uh, I came home from school one day and him and his buddy took off out of the garage. And mind you, we lived in suburbia. So getting to the dirt was quite a ways away. And he always told me, hey. If I ever come flying by the house on the street with any of my buddies on our bikes, you go downstairs and open the garage door. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, what, what, whatever, man. Well, I, what I didn't know, but what I learned was really cool was he was saying, if I'm ever getting chased by the cops, make sure you throw the garage door up because we're going to outrun them. <laughs> and sure enough, man, it happened. Like it happened one day I came home. Uh, him and his buddy take off. So I'm kind of like on alert, you know, as you know, the, the, the little brother, but like, like my brother, my older brother was my idol and he takes off. And sure enough, like an hour later, I hear like three or four bikes. Wah, wah, wah. And I'm like, okay, hustle downstairs, open the garage door. <laughs> and I did they, <laughs> what they, what they did is they, they ran down the street. They were getting chased. They ran down the street. Boom. He goes by. I run down, open the garage door. As I'm opening the door, I see a cop following him with his lights on. They do a loop around the block, come right back, right into the driveway. Boom. I'm standing there. We slam the garage door and we think we're good. Everything's cool. <laughs> well, um, what we forgot to kind of register was mom was like PTA 
uh, zoning commission, planning board, vice president of the school board. She ended up running for mayor. So <laughs> needless to say, we were on, only undercover for like 15 minutes. <laughs> Mom was connected. And uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> next thing you know, cops are knocking at the door and we're in trouble. It's all good. Long story short, that was my, that was the extent of dirt biking for me as a kid is I never, I never actually got on one. It was always my brother. So growing up, I was like, man, I always want to do that. And I never could. Well, I'm living in Southern California in my late twenties, running a hard rock cafe down in Newport beach. And I'm like, how can I be living here in dirt bike capital of the country and not have a dirt bike? And I marched my happy butt down to Champion Motorsports on the 17th and grabbed a CR125, and that was it, man. I was I've been hooked ever since. Nice, that's rad. <laughs> Did you ever have to run from the cops? Um, I I, I haven't because I've never been that fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. You're in Nevada now, right? You're down in Vegas? Yeah, live in Vegas. All right. So you get the 125, were you just motocross or were you out in the desert or did you even race or just like a weekend warrior? Yeah, no, it, it was super cool. So I'm running the hard rock down there and this guy walks in and I'm interviewing him for a bartending job and like I'm looking at his experience and I'm like, dude, you, you don't have any bartending experience. I, it's going to be a challenge. And I flip it over to like the general hobbies section. And it says that he's a motorcycle instructor for the Motorcycle Safety Institute. And I said, hey, tell me about this. And, and, and time out. By the way, at this time, at this moment in time, I haven't bought my dirt bike yet, but I want to I want to ride. So he, he, so I look at this and I'm like, tell me about this. And he's like, oh, I'm an instructor and I do courses for big bikes and dirt bikes and small bikes. And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, so you could teach me how to ride a dirt bike? And he goes, yep. And I said, cool. You can start on Friday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he, that was my buddy, Mike, still a dear friend of mine, was the best man at my wedding, man, uh, lifelong friend. Uh, he taught me how to ride. Uh, in Elsinore at the track a few times. And then we went out to Ocotilla um, and totally enjoyed Ocotilla Wells down in Southern California. Uh, and that's all it was while I was living there. But um, yeah, we fast forward through the timeline and it just, it goes from moto to desert to hare and hounds to rally to dunes. It just, it keeps going. So anything on a bike, it doesn't matter to me. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Did he end up uh, making a good bartender? Or? Uh, he pulled a lot of tail. <laughs> 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 yeah. So I think he was. <laughs> I think yeah. he liked it. Very cool. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope so. How, how long did you do that gig at, at the Hard Rock or whatever? Uh, I was in Southern Cal not too long. I ended up coming to Vegas to run the hard rock that was down on Harmon at the time. Um, uh -huh. And then I stayed with hard rock another few years and went to Denver. Uh, and then, and then I came back to Vegas full-time since I've been living in, in Vegas full-time since 2002. And that's when, that's when biking just absolutely took off. It was, it was like a wildfire. 
right? Got into some desert racing and and whatnot. Yeah, man. So so when I got to town, it was uh, what's that area up on the fifteen? Oh, those are cool trails. And of course, every new guy hits Apex for one time, <laughs> and then uh, and right? then I learned about Moran <laughs> back then. <laughs> I learned about Moran and uh, start just man that whole organization just welcomed me in and did a few races with Moran, did a few GPS, uh, and then I learned about Best of the Desert and I think uh, I think I did the Henderson 300 or 250, whatever it was called back in like 05 or 06. I I, I started getting into Ironman and stuff, um, and uh, and then it just from there, then it just kind of went anywhere. I, I, I loved the dunes. I was a dune rat. Um, I think those first four or five years that I lived here, if I wasn't in Dumont, we were in Armagosa. If we weren't in Armagosa, we were up in St. Anthony's, Idaho. Um, I hit Glamis a few times, but I, I really enjoyed the places close to us the most. Um, right. And my gosh, my gosh, I, the stories out of dune and like um, stripping the spindle on the shifter and using a Coke can as a shim. Uh, what else? Um, we would, when we used to, and we broke the, uh, the eyelet holes for the, the oil viewing on a lot of motor cases. We used to JB weld quarters and nickels in there just so we could continue riding that weekend. Uh, what right. was our best? Uh, I think our best was our air filters. Um, we couldn't, <laughs> My one buddy took his air filter off and you know, when they're really old and dry and they just crumble in your hands, uh, -huh. he, he took it off and we're like, dude, like we, we got to put some type of like foam around your air filter box, dude. You can't ride like that. So what we, we, uh, we zip tied and duct taped a bunch of kitchen sponges together that we all had in our trailers <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and we made like a, it was almost like a quilt of kitchen sponges and, and we just sprayed it with filter oil and we literally wrung it out like you normally do. <laughs> and we, we put it in the air box and we stuffed paper towel and grease around it. And wouldn't you know that lasted the rest of the weekend? <laughs> oh boy. That's a good one. And then so, you sold the bike the next week. <laughs> brand new hey, that, oil that and a brand new a good... builder. <laughs> that that could be that could be a tip of our show. Had had a MacGyver uh, air builder. <laughs> Just call Happy Dave; he'll hook you up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's rad. <laughs> well, I know I I crossed paths with you the first time. It was at a Moran race or or after a Moran race. I remember getting the trophy, picked it up, David Martin, and I always put Dave Martin. I'm like, I wonder how they got David Martin. And apparently I got yours and you got mine. And and anyway, that's where our paths first crossed, if I remember right. Yeah, man. You know, I was just telling a friend the other day about you. And uh, and there was actually, it was either motorsport.com or Rocky Mountain that, in one of my orders, they credited me, all, I think, all of your reward points. Oh, Therefore, they win. Oh, no. 
good. <laughs> Please tell me you spent them. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I was good. And then I, I don't think I realized it until the order came or something. And I think they had your address. And I think that's when I figured it out. Because I was like, wow, that was kind of a cheap order. Um, and then, and then I got, and then I opened up the, the, the package with, that had the, the shipping label or whatever you call it. And I was like, oh, that's not my address. Oh, maybe that's why it was cheap. And then I looked under it and it said rewards points or whatever it says, you know, loyalty points. And I'm like, Brad, thanks, man. So sorry. If I didn't tell you that like 15 years ago, I guess I couldn't clean out. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that order. <laughs> It was probably needed for a race or something too, and I had to build an air filter out uh -huh. of a kitchen sponge or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's funny. Corn dog's been fighting with them for years trying to get those reward points back. <laughs> Lost reward points. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Oh my god. I oh. I think that's when I changed my I think that's when I changed my name to Dave or Happy Dave. I think that's when I officially changed my name. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh my goodness that's funny uh hey on that note i got a proposition for you are you there yep still here i have a proposition for you you ready i'm ready let's let's enter the the vegas torino iron man class and you do the first half, and I'll jump on the bike to do the second half in the Ironman class. And if they question us, we just pull out our IDs and say, no, we're David Martin. <laughs> You're on, man. <laughs> <laughs> that could be pretty funny. Oh, uh, I probably dude. let the, bag out of, the cat out of the bag now, so. <laughs> you know i think what's your think, middle name my my middle name's harold all right that's nowhere close right <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right well let's get back into happy dave um so you're in vegas you're hitting some races uh what are you still working for the hard rock or what are you doing now? No, no. At this point I, I come to Vegas and I'm, I'm just, I, I had, I had been in, I started in restaurants uh, when I lived in Aspen years before that as a bus boy and it moved up through hard rock and became manager and GM and I got fired. And so when I moved to Vegas, I'm like, you know, dude, like I, I'm, I'm over the stress. I just, I come to Vegas and I end up working for Timbers as a bartender and literally my schedule was, I think, Thursday through Sunday swings and Monday morning. We were in Dumont until either Wednesday night or Thursday. <clears throat> so um, wow. it's just riding as much as we can. We're just I'm just riding and I'm, and I'm loving it because the few times before that that I had gone to popular riding areas was on the weekends and. I just couldn't find a groove. Like, I, you know, some guys go out and camp a bunch. I go out and camp, but man, I'm up at sunrise trying to ride and I'm usually getting every bit of riding I can. So on the busy weekends, I just couldn't find a groove. So when I'm bartending, man, we are going when we're, we're coming in when everybody's splitting. 
and like having Dumont as your backyard and a playground, it's dude, it's just a recipe to blow through Honda valves and change oil and anything you could to tear off paddles. Like that, that was, we'd come home on Wednesday and I'd show up to work on Thursday and I'd be so spent. Um, but with a just big old grin, cause all we did was just jam. <laughs> we just jam, jam, jam. Right. <laughs> Happy Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Timbers was totally cool. Uh, at the time Timbers was, you know, a local gig just growing. I think they only had one or two spots. I opened the one on Craig and Tanea, which is now Joey's. Um, so they were just, they were kind of booming and dude, it was a great way to make a bunch of cash and enjoy biking. And that really let me get to know the whole area. Like I got to ride, you know, 360 degrees outside of Vegas, you know, anywhere from everything North up near you guys, Caliente and, and then just go over to what's it called? It's not Ashcroft. Is, is it, is it Ash Valley or Ash Meadows all the way over to Coal Creek and Mercury and Armagosa and then over to Tacopa Springs and Pahrump and Dumont and Death Valley and then South, like all the way through Blue Diamond and Gene and, you know the drill, searchlight and everything around us. So that was a real fun time, that mid-2002 to 2006-07. Um, super fun. Met a ton of really, really cool people in this town, um, all through Moran, all through Best of the Desert. Um, and that's really – that's what Ride Happy is all about. It's, it's some of my uh, – almost all of my most cherished relationships are from the dirt bike world. And just – quality people, resourceful people, reliable people. I call them my 2 a.m. club. Like all the, all the bike people, uh, not, I'm not putting moto down, but like desert and, and GP and adventure and rally. Like I could call them at any time and say, dude, I need somebody. And somebody from the, from the dirt bike community be there. So that was, that's a, that was a real cool time and really cemented what I'm like. I decided during that time that, Riding, as long as I could ride, I would ride. Um, and that really, really spoke to how I approach riding, too. Um, I'm not the fastest guy, but I will get to the finish line, and I'll do it at a pretty quick clip. Um, but I, I, once I decided I wanted to do this for as long as I possibly could, um, that kind of changed race and dust and not race and dust. It changed, uh, I'll still take risks, but we're going to do it real, real calculated. Um, and really, really try to keep my mental check uh, composed because, dude, we all know the drill. When your bike's moving and you have great vision and your bike hasn't sounded that good in a long time and you don't have arm pump and your back doesn't cramp, like, you're like, I'm going to pin it. Um, but I just do, I just try to do that on a select basis because if I can ride like Max Schweitzer and all those other dudes that are into their 70s and 80s, I want to ride that long. It's that, but it's that much fun to me still. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Are, are you still racing now or are you racing or? Y yes. What was your last? Yeah, so, so definitely, oh. definitely still racing. Uh, my, my last like concerted effort was in 2018. Uh, really cool story. And gosh, I'd love to, I'd even love to just dedicate my time with you guys tonight to my friend, Chris Al, uh, super rad guy out of Northern California. Long story short, met him on a charity invitational ride called the Colorado 500, where we spend five days riding all single track through Colorado. And uh, the whole focus of that event is to 
give funding and human resources and financial resources to the mountain communities that we travel through because they just don't get a lot of commerce. And on this ride, I met a gentleman, Chris Al, super cool guy, uh, loves anything two wheel. And uh, fast forward to 2016, I'm hanging out with him and I learned that he had four stints put in his heart in an emergency procedure. And at that time, it was nothing bike related. He just, just genetics. He just had an issue. And uh, in that moment, I said, man, I got to do everything I can to spend some time with my buddy because he's a special person and I, I want to do something. So he got into motocross. Um, his body wasn't holding up real well to some of the off-road stuff he was doing. So he transitioned to back to moto. And I went out and raced in 2018 just so I could spend time with him. I went out and raced uh, in the Over the Hill Gang motocross series, and it's different than anything we have here. It's really cool. They have five chapters in California, a North chapter, a Tahoe chapter, a Mid-State chapter, a Southern Cal chapter, and they each chapter has like 12 or 14 races, and what they do is they made, a, they made what they call a national series, and each chapter hosts a one race a year called a national where all of the chapters from the state come together and you're literally racing the best riders in that class from all chapters. So that was an opportunity for me to spend the whole year doing all the nationals with my friend, Chris, uh, did that in 2018, uh, race moto, uh, all over a hang. It was Hangtown, It was Cal city, Glen Ellen, uh, and a few other places to and uh, I ended up winning the over, over 40 novice class. Um, and it's funny, I get razzed from some of my buddies like, dude, what are you doing novice? And I'm like, go, go ride those, go ride California guys. Go ride with California moto guys and you'll see that novice guys clear every obstacle on the track. And I don't, like, I'm a desert guy, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't blow those like big hundred foot tables. And in the novice class, these guys are hucking these. They're whipping. I'm like, what? So anyway, um, that's where that's where I spent uh, all, all my time with Chris. Really fun year to do that with him. <clears throat> Special year. That was my last formal moto series, or I should say formal series, if you want. Enjoyed that. Um, and then the rally bug hit. And I know we'll get into that. But um, right now, I'm, all my sights are set on Rally du Maroc in October of this year. I'm going to go to Morocco. Um, I did the Sonora rally in 2019 as my first official rally race. Uh, finished that, uh, learned a lot, climbed in the standings. Um, that was fun. I think, I think I finished 15th or 16th, uh, in the general classification. Um, and that was fun, but yeah, right now it's all, all resources, all mind, all prep is going to rally. Um, I love enduro doing, doing a bit of hard enduro right now. I love it. We could talk more about that. I literally just got back on Saturday. I went down. Uh, Skyler was racing for Garrett off-road racing for a few years. And I actually just came back from hanging out with Garrett for two days or, or for Saturday. And we installed my rally tower on my, on my bike that I bought from Skyler just a few months ago. So uh, racing now is all focused on Morocco. Um, it's a really cool event. There's three rallies in Morocco every year in a normal year, I should say. Um, there's one called the Merzuba Rally. That's usually in April. Then there's the Morocco Desert Challenge. Uh, I don't know when. Then there's the Rally du Maroc. Uh, Rally du Maroc is the last stop usually 
of the FIM World Rally Series, which is the major leagues of rally. And most of the teams use that race as the test race or the prep race for Dakar, which obviously we know is in January. So it's a it's it's also that race is also owned by the race director of Dakar, David Castera. I think that's his name. Um, so everything that we do for that race is anything, any new safety protocol, any new safety measure, any new technology, any new race devices. They test them at the Rally du Maroc because it's a it's a five day rally. We'll do just about two thousand miles, I think. Um, and it simulates Dakar as it's as close as Dakar as you can get without coming up with a hundred grand and spending three weeks in the desert. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, that will be, that will be my personal Dakar. Um, I'm not fast enough to do Dakar. I don't have enough money to do Dakar. Um, and, and I'm, you know, and with two kids, I'm not, I'm going to try to be, uh, I mean, I, I feel, I feel quite selfish often of what we do, but I have a, I have a wife and kids that, that are supportive of it and enjoy it with me. So uh, we'll, we'll stick to Rally Du Maroc, man, and we'll, we'll go enjoy, uh, hang out with the big boys. And hopefully, uh, ho- as Quick Cody said the other day on one of his podcasts, hopefully I'm not coming in when the leaders are going out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds pretty cool. And that's, yeah, in, that, October? that's in October. Sweet. Yeah, that's cool, man. My teammate and I are looking at doing the Sonora Rally this year. This will be my first rally. Oh, so. dude, hands down, it's a no-brainer. Um, when I got the rally bug, I did everything backwards. So the end of 17, I bought a 500 EXC. I made it angry, and I was and, and I had just read a book uh, from a Canadian guy named Lawrence Hacking, and he wrote a book about his Dakar, and it was this really cool story of – an average guy, you know, BC level rider who was stimulated by a rally race format, both mentally and physically. And it allows uh, rally allows a C guy to compete, to, to enjoy, you know, we're not going to compete with the pros. Those guys are just doing different things and they're just, they're just doing just different things. Like they're just superhuman, but it is going to allow us to compete, you know, uh, in a way that, You know, if you're if you're not at the top of a desert class, uh, then you, you probably know going into the season you're going to be mid to bottom pack uh, if you're not if you're not hanging it out or if you weren't born in the desert. And rally allows you to compete. Like I can be a, if I can be a proficient navigator, then I could sure compete with the top of my class with guys that are physically faster than I am. Uh, so so that's super cool. So. In 17, I buy a 500 EXC, make it angry with the intent to go rallying. I haven't, I've never run a road book at this point. I don't know what it's all about. It's just intriguing to me and we're going to go for it. Well, then I started to dig in and realize, whoa, the, 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 the financial resource required and the time away from home is probably not in my cards. I've got two young kids. I'm going to pass. So I go get a 450 XCF and I'm going to GP it. I'm either going to do the national GP series or works, or do Moran GP, or whatever. Then I go to a free rally school in Pahrump in January of 18. Uh, my good who is a Dakar finisher, he's an enduro champion from Colorado. He puts on a free school because he's just rad like that, and he just gives back to the sport. 
And I go out there and I hang out, I show up with my bike, no rally equipment. We splice together a road book, uh, a GPS unit, and he gives me a, a, a scroll chart. He goes, load it this way and good luck. And I go and I go out <laughs> and I do an 80 kilometer road book and I get to kilometer 77.54. This is in, etched in my memory. 77.54 kilometers. And I can see camp. I can see all the trucks. And it's only an 80 kilometer. So that's two and a half kilometers. That's uh, 1.6 kilometers is one mile. So I'm not far at all from the trucks. And I got this, what they call a note. It's a tulip. It's, it's all of my information. And I'm looking at a diagram of the trails. I'm looking at the cap heading, which is anywhere between zero and 360. I'm looking at my odometer that I'm trying to match it up with my road book for 77.54. And I have to send you guys a picture of this series of notes because <laughs> I got lost. I could not figure this out. Dude, I'm not a dumb dude. A brainiac either, but I couldn't figure this out. And I'm freaking out, right? Okay, this is where, this is a practice book and I'm approaching it like I'm at the Indy 500 and I'm going to kiss the bricks. Like I am hot and I can't figure this out. So in a huff, I scat back it back to camp and I come in hot. Scotty goes, ha, 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 he's laughing at me. Ha, 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 ha. And because he, he can tell I'm, I'm hot, I'm dejected, my shoulders are down. And he goes, so where'd you get lost? And I was like, right here, man, right here. And he goes, he looks out where I just came from and he goes, let me guess. It was over there. And I was like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, it was. It was over there. <laughs> and he goes, no, okay. like, figure it out. It's like, what, what do you mean, man? He's like, well, you didn't look around on it over and over and again. You told me that you were kind of over mile marker after mile marker and course marking after course marking. So if you're going to do this, then you better figure out, you better figure it out so you can go back to having fun. And I was like, fair enough, bro. Fair <laughs> enough. I went back out. I got lost again. This time I came back in, not so hot. And he gave me, he taught me a lesson. He said, now go backwards on the book. Go to the end of the book, go to 80 kilometers, do everything in reverse. It'll get you right back to the spot you should be in. And, I, and, and when you're there, then you, you're going to see how this all works. And sure enough, if he wasn't spot on, I did the book backwards for two and a half kilometers. I was right where I was supposed to be. I was literally two one hundredths of a kilometer off in distance from my mistake. I understood at that point, hey, if you're a planner and you're like a list maker in life and you just do your stuff, uh, you're going to have to make some mental adjustments for rally. And that's what I did. Like it was kind of go with the flow. Uh, have a good general bearing of where you are. Enjoy your dirt bike. Make some turns. Follow the road book. Don't space out. Don't fall asleep. And you're going to enjoy a rally. That's what hooked me on rally. And after that, it was like, okay, uh, I got this 450 angry motorcycle. I bought a huge tank. I bought all my rally equipment. I changed the gearing. I started practicing road books. I asked all my friends, hey, if I could do a rally, what do I do? And uh, Eric, you made the perfect choice. Everybody said unanimously Sonora. Uh, Darren Skilton runs it the best. It's the most official. 
it's a Dakar, uh, I forget what they call it. It's a Dakar Challenger event, meaning if you enter a certain class and you win it, you get a free entry to Dakar. That's how much the Dakar organization, ASO, uh, respects the Sonora Rally and how close it is to a real rally. Um, so you made a perfect you made a perfect choice, dude. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have a blast. Uh, the food is great. The bit the bivouacs are great. Um, all the dudes are great. The 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 vibe is very cool. Um, even when Ricky and Skyler are hanging it out and they're battling, it's a really really awesome environment. So uh, I enjoyed Sonora. Um, first day, I put myself in a four hour uh, hole by penalties. It's a kind of a funny story. I come in. Well, let me, let me backtrack. So, you know, when we get our, you know, when we get our trackers and we got to put them on the fender for best of the desert. Okay. Saint uh, drill, yeah. uh, really cool guy out of Texas named Mike Johnson created a, a device called the rally comp device. And that is the race organization's tracker of you. And this device is hooked up to your bike at the race and it will open uh, waypoints for you. It'll give you arrows getting toward the waypoint. It'll let you know when you're in the circumference of where you need to be. And then when you collect the waypoint, it goes beep, 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 congratulations, and you move to the next deal. So I get this rally comp device. I don't know what it is. They give me a card with it. Read it, dude. I'm, I'm down there being happy. I'm looking at the coast. Everything's fun. We're riding dirt bikes. And, <laughs> and, and my friend Scott Bright's like, I'm like, how do I do all this? He's like, dude, just get on your bike and stop thinking. So I'm like, cool. I, I took him literally. I got on my bike road book i get in from day one i get to the 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 the, the scoring tower the guy walked what are you doing and i was like awesome he's like how was your day i'm like dude it was rad down the beach i found these americans I, I bummed some gas from them i got in i'm healthy like it's not dark it was freaking awesome and he goes cool well hey let me take your chip out of your comp device let me download the data make sure you, you did everything right and then i'll give it back to you I'm like, cool. So he comes back with my SIM card and he goes, hey, dude, are, are, are you sure? Did you did you really have a great day? And I was like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like, I this, yeah, I'm pumped. And he goes, you missed four waypoints. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what's a waypoint? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh, oh my gosh. All right, here, man. Hey, listen, you need to collect all these waypoints in the road book. There's a circle around what you need to collect. Um, di didn't you hear your, your comp device beeping at you all day? And I was like, well, yeah, I, I thought it was cool. Like whatever it was, I, you know, every time it seemed I was making a good turn or, you know, or, or something, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, and I, I think I'm good. And he's like, oh. all right, man. Here, hey, listen. Okay. Hey, this is the command to do this. When you get to a waypoint, this screen's going to show up, and then there's going to be an arrow, and all you got to do is follow the arrow to collect the waypoint. You have to collect the waypoints because you're down four hours. And I was like, I'm like, dude, it's, I'm like, I'm well in before dark. There's no way I could be down four hours. He goes, each missed waypoint is a 60 minute penalty. And I said, oh, oh man, can I have my SIM card because I'm really hungry and I want to get out of this gear because I'm really pissed off right now. <laughs> so, yeah man so right I, did, I, I come in i come in and uh and, and i for this race i hired conflict motorsports as race support and uh they had they already 
Alex Martins is so cool, man. He's cool. Suspension is he does dial suspension. And anyway, he's checking <laughs> the race organizers. So he knows that I'm on pace, but he's he he knows like he knew where I was, but he didn't know how you know if I was collecting waypoints or not. But he knew that I was moving, you know, and that's down there in Mexico, you guys know as long as you're as long as you're moving, nobody gets concerned. And so I come into the pit and I'm happy and everything's cool. And I'm looking at Alex is like, how's your day? I'm like, eh, 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 yeah, yeah, freaking pissed, man. And he goes, what? He goes, what happened? And I told him and he, and he looks at me and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, did Scotty not tell you about the race comp device? And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, hey, listen, he goes, hold on a second. He goes over and he gets Scotty and he goes, hey, Scotty. Hey, right, happy David, twenty five hundred dollar check, <laughs> and I was like, and I'm like, what's going? It's <laughs> like you missed waypoints, didn't you? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, uh, guys, so this is how this game works. So that was Sonora, man. So Eric, you you picked a great rally, dude. Dave, if you can get down there, Ashley, if you can get down there, go enjoy it. Dude, it is an awesome rally. Uh, Classic. Uh, got some footage from a heli that was bitching, um, like everything about it, man. Everything about it. So yeah, rally, rally, rally. Nice. That's rad. Well, cool. Um, well, speaking of rally, you obviously you're following Dakar, and we're gonna talk about that here a little bit later. But um, oh man you I, well you know it? obviously you know i'm a fan of, of ricky and skyler and shorty and uh i got to ride with skyler and shorty in may we went out and did a rally school out near uh the colorado utah border so you know just listening to the approach it and how we approach it that is really cool rooting for our guys um i uh i was a huge fan of paulo um Pensalves, uh before he passed um and of course when he passed last year it was tough like um kind of like when kurt passed like you know you, you're not tight with those guys you don't personally know them but it's it's just that dirt biker closeness um so it was cool to it was cool to see uh team Absolutely. honda honor him this year with some signage <clears throat> on their backs so i thought that was really cool but i am pulling for ricky schuyler and it was a bummer about Andrew. Uh, he had some water and uh, some some race, some organization issued fuel. Um, I, I got talking to uh, a Dakar veteran about that, and I was, you know, and I and I expressed, I'm like, dude, like, how is that cool? Like, it's race organization approved fuel that the racers have to take, and then pop from the rally because he can't continue on bad fuel. And I don't know if you guys have seen pictures. He had over four liters of water in his one of his tanks. Yeah. And, uh, that. and that Crazy. whole deal was, I guess there were 12 or 13 other guys that had water as well, just not as much. And, and they were, they continued because they had more information of how to troubleshoot. And they had more, they had more practice in identifying bad fuel. So I, I, I've, I've only been around Andrew once, but I know he's the consummate professional. I'm almost certain he knew everything to do to try whatever to flush that pump, whatever he had to do. So uh, super, everybody's super gutted for him. 
he's just a consummate professional, man. He never placed blame anywhere. He stayed for a few days. He jumped on a he jumped on a plane. He came back home. I'll follow his Instagram. He was at the track the day after across the country or across the world with his son at a track, making turns, having fun, um, just just digging it. Now you got wow. Skyler. <clears throat> you know, I call him a kid because whatever, but super cool guy met him a few years ago at a race just this humble fast racer um got to got to know him a little bit more saw dave up there at the ride day uh he you know uh, reached out to him last year i've always had a love affair reached out to him he happened to be rebuilding a bunch i bought one of his bikes i'm totally pulling for him um he deserves everything coming his way i'm sure there's going to be offers coming down the pike it's really cool to see him uh, just kicking tail. He's he's up in the standings that he was uh, last year. Uh, so really pulling for him. Ricky, you know he's fast, dude. He's pouring the gas on right now. He bumped up, I think, to fourth today. Uh, stage nine, super difficult stage. Uh, some casualties. Price went down. DeSoltre went down. Uh, another super cool guy went down. I forget his name. Uh, but Ricky is, uh, you know, he's saying, hey, it's going to be tough to hold on to the number one plate but he's going to give everything he's got so i'm pulling i'm I'm pulling for him man but see what americans are doing in an environment that is non-american friendly they're they're it's not written anywhere but hey man you know this is an american podcast i could say it like americans winning over there is not their first choice and and these and these guys go over there and they're kicking tail like I mean, we saw Ricky's mechanicals the prior two years before he won. And when I saw him go over with Kendall and Johnny, I was like, hell yeah. He's, he's putting red, white, and blue in his camp. Like, hell yeah. You know, and, 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 and Jawan is fast. Like, that dude's <laughs> sick fast. But he was the flagship there for a few years, you know. And, and, you know, and all resources go to him. Like, you know, everybody else is a water boy. And Ricky goes out and says, you know what, I'm just going to tackle this. I'm going to tackle this by myself. I'm going to be the lone ranger. I'm going to do it. And, you know, in, in 14, when he wins, what does he win? He wins score best of the desert in the National Heron Hound Series all in one year. Like, you know, he's got the mental game. He's, he's totally that. So to fight through that, totally, right. you know, you know, rooting for those guys. Um, Skyler is on, a, on the best privateer support team that you can be on uh pumped for him he was asked to be on that team where guys like me that's who i'm hiring i hired bass ktm for my morocco support so i'll do a fly-in ride i'll actually fly in and rent one of their bikes and have them for service where skyler was at skyler was asked to be on it so that just goes to show you is you know he, he says he's he's coming home with nothing he had put everything on the line so when it comes to a feel-good story and you know, awesome support from you guys. Uh, Eric, I think I met you on a some canyon on Skyler's ride. I think that was you. And you ripped up. Yeah, you ripped up and feet on the pegs. I yeah. was like, what the hell, man? That dude just rode up that. And I'm sitting here trying. I think I'm going to take a key just because I want to think about it a little longer, you know. And, and, uh, and so, so cool, cool gig. I If Skyler goes top five, I think he'll come home uh, soon. Uh, but I think we know, we know him so well. He's a competitor. Um, I know that, you know, sixth, seventh or eighth is better than his ninth. Uh, I think we'll be jazzed for him either way, but I really think he will top five for sure. And of course, Ricky. So, 
So they, man, there's 1300 right. miles right. left. Like there's, there's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of distance left, like for stuff to go wrong. And with what the, and with what ASO has thrown oh, at those guys this year, it wouldn't shock me. Like, you know, the last stage is usually a gimme, right? It's usually shorter and technically it's not too challenging navigation wise. But I think this year, I think the, I think ASO is going to throw a, a gnarly last stage at these guys. So I think it's going to come down to the last 50 Ks, man. So I'm pumped. I'm following. I'm listening to podcasts yeah. everywhere. I'm as much info as I get. I'm 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 excited for those guys. Heck yeah! I think that there's 12 stages this year, I believe, right? And I think. I think 11 is the longest or is it the, the last you, one, the 12 you, on that? I, I heard that stage five uh, before rest day was, was potentially the most difficult uh, longest distance wise. I think you're right. It's either 11 or 12, you know, and they're, dude, they're flipping. Like, think about it. Yeah, 475 Ks of a special, like that's almost 300 miles of racing. And they're doing that for days on end. And, that, and you're not talking the leaves on stages either. Like you got to navigate getting to the start line and you got to navigate from the finish line back to the bivy. And there's a time cut off for that too. So if you, so if you have, if you have a mechanical on that, you got right, issues there right. too. So yeah, but 11 and 12. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. But you know, let's do 5,000 miles and let's hammer the last, the last day is the biggest. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yep. Yeah. And then with the t new tire regulations this year, only six rear tires were allowed for the elite riders. And it sounds like they're pretty much used them up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we yeah. saw Toby's slash, you know, and he zip tied it and it held together. Um, yeah. Everything I've heard so far, man, everybody's holding their cards close. Everybody said, you know, because everybody's asking, all the fans and interviewers are asking, how's your tire situation? How's your tire situation? And all these good. Yeah. We, you know, we did two days on one and you know, it looks good. And, but oh man, we know that tire used tires aren't going to slow <laughs> these guys down, which I think was the spirit. And then the rule change, these guys aren't going to slow down with a ball tire. They're just going to drift wider. No, drift not wider a chance. And harder and fast. Yeah. Yeah, just like Toby with the zippy ties, he didn't slow down. I can't believe that held up, and he <laughs> and he finished second on that stage. That blew my mind. Oh, yeah. I cannot believe yeah, that tire I, held up. Yeah. <laughs> duct tape and zip ties. He needs a sponsorship oh, from duct yeah. tape and zippy ties. Yeah, they need yeah. they need to throw some money out there. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, um. Let's go back into Dave, I, I guess, or Happy Dave. No, um, man, I'm I'm, I'm not bartending? bartending any longer. I uh, let's see, in 2008, nine, and ten, I was with Timbers again and PTs, and uh, then got married, had some children. Uh, I went back to uh, somewhat more of normal and started running restaurants again. Uh, so that was cool. I worked for a fantastic outfit, BJ's Brew House. Um, very, very good food operator. Uh, enjoyed getting back on my feet. But uh, then, dude, in 2013, I, I had a major career change. Um, uh, just got into my faith big time and really enjoyed it. And out of nowhere, talked to a few people like, hey, can I, can I get a job uh, around ministry or faith? 
And uh, <clears throat> in my words, as God would have it, man, opportunities open. And now I'm part of a great team and I help run a national prison ministry uh, that helps churches and families and children uh, all reunify uh, all around a faith environment. So uh, my favorite events uh, every year are when we do our All is Bright Christmases, where we're literally bringing children inside prisons to hang out with their parents uh, and literally do Christmas. Gifts, Santa Claus, the Christmas story. We talk about Jesus' birthday, um, but it's really watching light bulbs of incarcerated parents that are low on self-esteem and low low self-worth and seeing these kids say i love you mom i love you dad I, you know i don't really care what happened but i'm just glad i can hang out with you and uh and they love every minute of being in a smelly gym or a smelly hallway and they're just hanging out with their parents so uh big change in 2013 <laughs> even cooler uh my uh awesome founder uh and now dear friend jake bodine he's the one that the ministry back in 2009 um as much as he is concerned about my biking he is ultra supportive of it and uh, i couldn't ask for a better arrangement when it comes to my freedoms to be able to go to morocco for two and a half weeks or to be able to go to sonora for 10 days um you know when i was training for vegas torino i iron man vegas torino in 2015 and uh man my program the program i put myself on i felt was really and he was supportive of it. The whole team was supportive of it. So I can't can't uh, express enough gratitude for that. Just totally brad on that career change. I wouldn't have thought uh, it would have it would be turning out so awesome because I'm riding and I'm doing a job that is really fulfilling. Uh, I feel like I have an impact on the community and um, and it's even generated some ideas in the dirt biking world, man. Like when it comes to faith, like we're a bunch of macho fuel hungry horsepower chain turning you know crazies uh and there's you know there's not a lot of faith in our world when it comes to dirt biking so it's been kind of cool for me to generate some cool relationships and um you know i don't, I don't i'm not a bible thumper i don't buddy over the head with a bible but um you know every now and then I'll, I'll drop some words like blessing and thankful and gratitude and um you know i'll say jesus every now and then and some guys pick up on it and they ask questions and that's kind of cool for me because uh next thing you know like we're both jockeying down a walk this dude expects me to let up and i punt him and then we get to the end of the ride and he's like what the hell is that all about i'm like hey dude when my helmet's on i ain't thinking about jesus <laughs> i'm like we're you know i'm like i know i'm for a trail ride but hey dude <laughs> right yeah so, yeah oh, that's very cool yeah, awesome. <laughs> Much needed. That's good. So yeah, so yeah, so that that kind of takes us. That kind of takes us like current day to, you know, just, just rally. Uh, got got a shout out to Brandon Hunt, man. You guys know Brandon. He's a dark sider and uh, uh, enduro guy. Like this guy just loves enduro. And um, after I got that 450 and and rallied it, I got to backtrack a little bit. Sorry. Um, so I I come home from Sonora. And I say, man, rally is awesome. I spent a lot of time at speeds that I'm not necessarily super uber comfortable with. I'm going to get a 300 because I hear a 300 is just a bitching bike. So I get a 300. I link up with Brandon. The next thing I know, mm -hmm. we're freaking hucking bikes over rocks and 
I'm standing on my head half the time. And I'm like, dude, like, how are we going to get up that? Like, it's not even a trail. And we, we get all into Enduro. And what happens? I go to a rally in May. I put a 4.5-gallon tank on my 300. I put all my rally equipment on it. I show up to the, the, the free school with Scotty Bright and Andrew Short. And, and Skyler and I actually rode out together. He, he saw And you know that look when some, you don't know somebody super well, but they have that look on their face and they're like, I think this guy's a total idiot. Like that was the look Scott. That was the look Skyler had on his face because we're, we're, you know we're loading his his Dakar bike from from Peru into my trailer, and he and he catches he catches my three hundred out of his eye and he's like, "You ride that?" I was like, "Yeah, man, I just put all that stuff on, you know." And I'm like trying to be like super positive, not giving him any ed, like not giving him any room to say anything, just because I'm going to overcome this with happiness. <laughs> and he's just standing there looking at me like I'm a freaking. I'm like, oh man. So then I show up in Colorado. I show up in Colorado, and Scotty looks at the bike and he goes, "You know, I'm not pulling you out of the desert, right?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, dude, I jetted it right. I'll be easy on the bike. I'll, I'll be okay." And he's like, "Okay, dude. Uh, all right." I was like, "Okay." So yeah, so so I did the 300, and then uh, I forgot where I was going, but um, I came home and I called my wife and I said, "Hey, honey," I said, "Um." She's into horses. And I said, hey, honey, I said, uh, uh, you need any special hay or uh, you know, some special grain or you want, me to get you, you want me to get you a drag for the arena? Um, you need some <laughs> pants or I noticed, you know, the leather on one of your sets of pants was wearing loose. And she goes, what's up? And I was like, I, I, I need to get a new bike because I, I, uh, I want to go to Morocco next year and I need a four stroke to go train. <laughs> and she says, she says, oh. she goes find what you want go get it we'll make it happen i was like ah, i struck gold with this chick this, this this lady is so awesome and then uh and then she goes well and then she goes That's i want to awesome. go to del mar nice. next month i got a horse competition it's going to cost five grand i said oh okay all right thanks yeah we'll make it happen i'll, I'll shovel horse poop i got you <laughs> oh man that's funny well, hey, Dave, um, we need to take a quick break, and uh, we'll uh, take a break awesome, and get you man. back awesome. on here in a minute. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you in a few minutes. Bye. Hey, guys, let me tell you about blood lubricants. This year in the 2020 Best in the Desert Series, we ran blood lubricants in our bike, and uh, this stuff's amazing. It's a premium racing oil designed for your race machine. Jeff Green and the guys have developed 100% synthetic racing oil with amazing oxidation resistance. It's better than other leading oils by up to four times in oxidation resistance, which results in a reduced engine temps, smoother clutching, and better protection against engine and transmission wear. It works, and it works good. It's 100% made in the USA, Go check them out at bloodlubricants.com. And for a discount code of 25% off, type in discount code DIRT. Go check those guys out. Hit Jeff up. He's a cool dude. He supports the sport and uh, support those who support us. Hey, guys, you got a dog? Go over to Throw Me a Bone at theantlerchew.com. 
and check out their offering of fresh antler chews. Your dogs will love them. They're all natural and good, good for your dog's health. Give that pup something to do. Let them chew on an antler, and uh, they'll love you. So go over to Throw Me a Bone at theantlerchew.com. Enter the promo code OFFROAD. The first five people to order will get a 5% discount and a $10 Rocky Mountain ATV gift card. So hurry quick. Promo won't last. Go check them out. Theantlerchew.com. And now, the tip of the show is brought to you by our good buddy Nate Adams from Recreation Tire. Nate has given us a promo code to pass on to you, our listeners. Go to Recreation Tires or RecTires.com and with every order you receive, a 10% off. It's that simple. Just type in the promo code Desert Dirt Biker. That's it. Type in Desert Dirt Biker with your order to receive 10% off. Thanks, Rec Tires. We'll be back in just a few with Tip of the Show. Back. We are back with Happy Dave, riding happy. Are you back with us, Dave? Yeah, man. All right, buddy. Well, that's been a pretty fun and interesting show so far. Uh, my cheeks hurt from laughing so hard. <laughs> uh, learned, learned a couple things and whatnot, but uh, let's ask you a few questions and uh, head towards uh, wrapping this thing up, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, man. Um, when you're not on the bike... <clears throat> What do you do for fun other than your ministry thing and whatnot? Is there any other things you do or involved in? Yeah, man. You know, I, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I say it all the time. I'm just blessed and highly favored. Um, I love, uh, being a part of my wife's hobby. Like we, we both have hobbies that are like super intense and take a lot of time commitment. And, uh, I just love, when she asked me to be a part of helping her do her competing shows, uh, I, I, to me, that is, that is very fulfilling. And of course with young kids, I'm just, I just love watching them grow up, man. I love, I love, uh, my son and my daughter and I all went through, uh, three years to black belts in Taekwondo a few years ago. So that was really fun to do that together. You know, they made the commitment. I made the commitment. And, um, now my son kind of has the inside line on, he knows where to kick and sometimes he kicks me. So, um, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's real fun. My daughter, on the other hand, she's, she threats, she doesn't kick. She just goes, I'll kick you there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she, she's sweet as can be, man. And, and, uh, you know, it, you know, it, um, that's a really awesome question because dirt biking is like so much a part of my life. Uh, you know, of course with my work and my, um, but what I really, really find a ton of joy in, and it just so happens that dirt biking is the bonus is, uh, a lot of what ride happy does is it started out as something that I thought was going to be in the motorcycling industry. And what it's evolved into is a grassroots focus on doing good somewhere and somehow giving back to, you know, somehow. So, like for instance, every every rally school that Scotty Bright put on for free, uh, I was lucky enough to meet Mark Concart from Climb a few years ago at the Nevada 200, and he was cool enough and 
gave Ride Happy a bunch of jerseys at a great deal. And I ended up putting the Ride Happy logos on them and took that stock. And every time we did these rally schools, I just took, I just went out to the guys and said, hey, hey, listen, Scotty's doing this with a good heart. And hey, here, <clears throat> here's a pile of climb jerseys. Hey, whatever they're worth to you, put the cash in the bucket. And 100% of that's going to the KC66 uh, Foundation. So, you know, what, what do I do outside of biking? Like, if, if it's something for good, then we're going to try to do it. Um, my kids and I, we, uh, we, 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 do some, we do something out of an arm from United Way called Delivering with Dignity. Uh, and it's getting meals to people that aren't comfortable leaving their homes right now, mostly elderly. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, every Christmas, um, good friend of mine, Bob Gardner, Mark Klein, Kevin Kraft, uh, Gardner leads out on we, what we do is he goes to Costco and he gets like two to 300 rotisserie chickens and everybody shows up at, at his house with like socks and toothpaste and toothbrushes and, and pop tarts and granola bars. And we put them all in a bag and we literally throw them in our trucks and run down the day before Christmas or the day before Thanksgiving. And we run down to like D street and MLK and you know, that area down there. And we're just on the streets handing food out. So um, if I can fill the idle time with giving back um, because like, I, I like I, sometimes I kick myself that like my life is really freaking awesome. You know, <laughs> I'm in good, I'm in good health, man. Yeah. I got, I got, I got scars and I don't walk as straight as I used to, but um, <laughs> if we can just spend some time doing good, then, then we're in a good spot. So with my family, with my wife, trying to, trying to, you know, encourage others. Uh, there's a verse that I live by Proverbs 11:25, and it's all about encouraging others. Uh, that's part of ride happy. It's all about a good vibe smile. Like, uh, it was so cool. I saw Ashley out on the Kurt, on uh, not the Kurt day, the, the Skylar day. And she was coming in and, uh, she's just like, Hey, do you know which way? And like, she had a big old smile on her face and I'm like, yeah, I think it's that way. I'm like, but if it's not that way, it could be that way. And we were laughing and giggling. <laughs> so, so whatever's good, man, whatever's good. Um, and you know, when people are down and out, like do we try to do whatever we can to show up. And most of the time it's just listening. It's like an ear, uh, letting, letting somebody know you care, like letting somebody know you will be there if you need them. Um, I find fuel in that. I find joy in that and, and great relationships come of that. So, uh, that's a long answer to a really awesome short question. Um, <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. Yeah, su super fun. So that that kind of leads me into my next question with the gear and stuff. I remember at one point I seen a bunch of your happy gear running around. Was that just what you just talked about, or did you actually have a line of gear that you um, sold or sponsored with, or or? Yeah, yeah. So how it started was I was going to, uh, I was going to do some base layer stuff. And, uh, I, I played college baseball, uh, and there was a company that gave us a bunch of base layer things to, to play in. And I, I realized when I started, uh, biking out here in the desert, you know, we've, you know, Hey, we're, my nipples were always chafed. Like I was always raw. And I'm like, man, like, this is a bummer. Like I sweat and then my base layer goes dry and then it gets rough and I come home and I hurt. And I, I recalled back to my baseball days, some garments that was, were given to us in college. And I approached the company and I said, Hey, I said, can I get 
a big roll of that because I want to seam up some base layer things. And we did. And I made a run at it. And what I quickly realized was um, my fun hobby was turning into a retail business. And although I centered it around giving proceeds to organizations and charity events and stuff, which was cool, um, I found that it was a it was a challenge that if I didn't have a major distribution network and I didn't have major ambassadors going out and repping this and distributing it, it was going to be an undertaking that I wasn't sure I wanted to go for. So um, Ride Happy kind of transitioned into uh, we were going to go for an online community, kind of like uh, developing a forum, if you will, uh, and creating a, a network. And that's when social media really caught fire. So that, that kind of that idea kind of went dormant. And where we're sitting now with Ride Happy is uh, I'm getting ready to relaunch it uh, a little bit more formal, not too formal, but a little bit more formal. And I'll probably do it with the inaugural inaugural event will be Morocco going to rally do Morocco is I want to attach going out there to race uh, to do what a lot of great people do and a lot of cool people do and attach the race effort to benefiting an organization. It'll probably be Kirk Selly Foundation, uh, might pick one or two others, but I got to just kind of figure out what that looks like. But anything, when it comes to anything, Ride Happy or Happy Dave, that everybody's going, wow, you know what? Like, what a, what a cool thing, what a cool movement, a cool guy, and really just out to have a bunch of fun and just love on each other. Like, let's just, you know, do what we can to make a positive impact. So that's what all that looks like now. Uh, yeah, it had branding there for a while. Like I said, Mark from Climb was really awesome. Um, uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's a, that's a, if you're going to, if you're going to get into that sector of the motorcycle industry and in an apparel business, um, you know, have an inventory, have a lot of time, uh, have a lot of passion uh, to, <laughs> to, to move product uh, and, and, and go for it. I, I, it's definitely awesome. You know, it's definitely doable. It just wasn't in the cards. I was finding that my efforts were, you know, kind of transactional and I'm just not a transactional type of person. My mom didn't, my mom was all about <laughs> unconditional and just do good. So that's, that's, that's where I'm going to try to take it. Right. Well, very cool. I'd be interested to see where that goes and what you come up with. That'd be pretty cool. Right on. Well, is there anything else you want to throw out tonight? I mean, you kind of took over the show for us. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's, uh, you know, th just thank you. I was just pumped when you reached out and, and, uh, I don't do well talking about myself, uh, you know, when it comes to quote accomplishments. So, uh, it was, you know, going into this was, I was like, okay, you know, this, I just want to make sure all the happy comes out and, uh, just thanks for, thanks for thinking of me. Thanks for sharing the time and, and let me talk a little bit about myself and what, you know, what we're doing. I, 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 dude, anytime we're throwing a leg over a dirt bike, I don't care where it is. I don't care what we're doing. Um, let's ride, let's go. Like if it's up near you guys, let's go. If it's somewhere else, let's go. I, it doesn't matter, man. I, I got, I got, I've shared everything I think I wanted to share. It's just a bunch of great, a great people just trying to have a good time in life. And I think I heard a great, uh, what did, what does Toby Price say? He says, uh, he, what does he say? He says, um, you know, one guy was talking about taking risks. Like I don't take risks like Toby and Toby's all about sending it and he's all about living, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a short life we live. And, 
and we're going to live the good life. We're not going to live the, either the slow life or the careful life or something like that. And, um, I'm, I'm all about that. Like, let's just live the good life, man. Like there's, there's so many things, Casey folks, rad guy. Um, I, other than Darren Skilton from Sonora, I, I haven't had any other race promoter, um, on, on, on some of those massive events, shake your hand off the start line and then shake your hand at the finish line. Like that, that's the type of stuff that, uh, I really, really dig. And that's the people and the bloodlines and the, and the, and the vibe of our sport. Um, and I just wish more people got into dirt biking cause dude, like we know it, like how cool is right. it? Right. You know? Right. It's the Absol- best, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you're ever up in this area, come, come, uh, throw your leg over their bike with us. We Heck try to yeah. get out every once in a while. Heck yeah. So. I, I, I would love that. I was thinking, I keep seeing your pictures when you're working. Uh, and, and I'm like, man, I, I wonder if I, you know, I, I could go to jail and minister to myself if I ran through Corndogs <laughs> Park, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd look the other way. It would be the ranger that would chase you. Just yeah. don't get caught. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just be I'll, I'll just I'll run by your place in and go, hey, dude, is there is, is there any way you can hide me if you see a cop behind me? <laughs> and don't tell him your name is Dave Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Oh, man. Awesome. Awesome time, dude. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, good show, man. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Yeah, it was thanks. awesome having you on and uh, cool to catch up and hear your story. So keep in touch. Let us know how your Morocco uh, trail or road to Morocco is going. If you need anything, any, any, I don't know what we could do, but if you need anything from us, give us a shout. Absolutely, man. And we have some road books up in your area. So absolutely. When I start running some of those road books, I'll probably do those in August and September just for heat training. Um, and when we do those up there, I'll definitely let you know when I'm coming through there. Cause I might need a splash of fuel or rest my head for a few hours when we're, trying to pound out a 10 or 12 hour day. Absolutely. Cool, man. Yeah. Reach yeah. out. Don't hesitate. Awesome guys. Right. Thank you. All right. Well, happy Dave. We'll see you. And uh, thanks again, buddy. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Rally happy. That's right. <laughs> Rally happy. Later. <laughs> Bye. See you. All right, everybody. It's time for the tip of the show. Uh, tonight I'm going to give you my top five favorite adjustments or additions to a bike um, out of the box your stock motorcycle is set up for the average rider so your suspension your handlebars um, the way the bike feels the setup when the test riders test that bike and they set it up they set it up for a general um, group of people group of riders a very broad group of riders and so your bikes going to be generalized um, what you want to do is set that bike up for you for comfort and performance. So my top five things that I do to a dirt bike when I get a new dirt bike, um, number one, suspension. Hands down, suspension is the most important number one thing that I do to a dirt bike. Um, and, and when I say that, it's f- everything from adjusting clickers being willing to play with your clickers and and adjust your clickers for the type of riding that you're going to be doing and then also a revalve and a and more 
specific to what your riding style and what your racing uh, discipline is, you're going to want to have that suspension set up for um, set up and revalved for you. So suspension is number one for me. And, and again, don't be afraid to play with your clickers. I remember, you know, back when I was a younger rider and, and less experienced that I would, I was afraid to mess with my clickers. I was afraid to adjust my suspension because I didn't know what I was doing. So most important research, do some research, talk to people, read about it, learn about it. There's so many tools on the internet and, um, there's a lot of good content out there from, I mean, I would reach out to those who are in the suspension world and read what they have to say about it. But educate yourself about how to set up suspension, how the clickers work, and then be willing to play with it a little bit. Um, the basic rule is when you're messing with suspension, don't go too much but don't go too little either. So go two to three clicks in one direction, whether you're adjusting your compression or rebound. Um, go a couple clicks and then go and ride it and then come back. And if it's better, then you know you're going in the right direction. If it's worse, go the other direction. Go back and, and go in the other direction and work with it until you get a comfortable setting. And then remember, as you get better as a rider and as your skills improve, your suspension adjustments are going to change and also for the, the type of riding that you're in. So um, anyway, suspension is my number one uh, adjustment or change that I'll do to a new bike. Um, second would be my cockpit or handlebar area of the bike. Um, Adjusting the levers for for my comfort, um, a good set of handlebars that are going to have good flex and, and a good feel to open up the cockpit and just be comfortable when I'm in the attack position. Um, I per, Personal preferences are uh, Renthal or Pro Taper bars. I think they both make a very good bar. Um, and and I really like the Wyndham bend personally, but everyone's different. Everybody's different size. So if you're a bigger rider versus smaller rider, I mean, do some research again, get on research, different types of bends and, and what they'll do for you. But, uh, also maybe try and ride a buddy's bike and, and really pay attention to how the feel of the cockpit is. If it's something you like, or if it's further away from what you, you know, what you prefer. So, um, but, Take the time to set up your cockpit for you to where you can be comfortable while riding the bike. Um, and along with that goes a good set of grips. Uh, some of the stock grips or there's some grips out there that'll, that are harder on your hands than others. Um, and again, it's a preference. Everybody has their preference, but grips are a big, um, make a big difference and they don't cost a lot of money. So that's something that you can do that is going to make a big difference and a big change for you. That's not going to cost a big amount of money. Um, number three would be tires set up, set up your tires, uh, get a good set of tires. Tires can, can make or break it for you as far as good traction and a good set of tires. that's not going to either wear out too fast or chunk or, um, 
they can protect you from punctures as well. And then kind of along the same lines as the cockpit, but uh, really boosts rider confidence and rider comfort is a good set of foot pegs. Um, there's different types of foot pegs out there that are going to be a little bit wider, a little bit longer, um, or that will adjust, you know, offset down or up, depending on if you're a taller or shorter rider. But foot pegs can really make a big difference over stock um, with grip, traction, and comfort as far as, you know, giving you a, a little bit more platform to ride on. Um, so check that out. Uh, and then for me, probably number five, and this is just because I ride desert and I don't like to deal with flat tires, but mooses, moose tubes have changed my life. <laughs> Love them. Well, I'll never go back. Um, and, uh, so those are five of the most important things for me. And then, uh, I would say a bonus to that. And again, probably goes along with the cockpit, but uh, steering stabilizer. I race high speed off-road and kind of like suspension. I really won't go out and race hard without a good set of suspension. I won't race hard without a, a good steering stabilizer. So those are my top five, top six things that I would do to a bike if it were new. And uh, those are my recommendations. So check that out. And thanks for tuning in. We'll get back to the show. It's now that part of the show for race date segments. Brought to you by Recreation Tires. Go check them out at rectires.com. All right, for January, our race dates. January 16th, District 38, Superstition, Round 1. Also January 16th, Azop in Blythe, California, which is Round 1. Another uh, January 16th and 17th, the NGPC Delano, California, round one. And it has just been brought to my attention by our new producer. It has been changed over to Mesquite. So the NGPC race has been changed to the Mesquite, to oh, the motocross yeah. park or out there? Motocross. Okay, out at the motocross park. So all you guys chasing that. Uh, also, January 16th and 17th, AMRA, and that will be in Wickenburg, Arizona. All right, January 17th, we have Sorks. It's in Sparta, Georgia, and that is their round six. We have January 23rd, we have our local race, Moran, at Crater Flats, round one. January 23rd, the NHHA, National Heron Hound, will be in Lucerne Valley, round one. <clears throat> All right, and January 22nd to the 24th, works. It is now in Lake Havasu, Arizona. It was originally slated for Prim, and it has been changed to Lake Havasu, and that is works round one, motorcycles. Uh, January 24th, the SRAGP at Glen Helen Raceway in California, and this is their round one. And uh, let's see, 
January 30th, USRA will be in Mesquite, Nevada, round one. And January 31st, to be announced for location, it is also Sorks. So it'll probably be in the Georgia area, and that's their round seven. And there you have it, your January race date segment. Brought to you by RecTires.com. See you at the races. Wow, guys, we're back. What a show so far. Anyways, we're going to get into our closing, but let's talk race a little bit. Um, so we had the District 37 Checkers race this last weekend. So we're just going to let you guys know the top finishers for that. Uh, that was the first round of the Heron Hound? Yes. Right. Yep, by the checkers. We were going to go down there. Our friend Gary's a checker, and he's our, uh, what do you call it, our groupie, our number one groupie. <laughs> right on. Yeah, he helped me and Ashley at uh, Glen Helen this year, or last year, 2020. Anyway, so the top rated overall winners, ah, I can't even talk. Um, Chance Fullerton with the overall, Dalton Shirley, second. Preston Campbell, which is Johnny Campbell's son, right? Yep. And then fourth, our hometown local boy buddy, Axel Pearson, uh, fourth overall. Showing yeah, I had a good ride on that new gas gas. Yeah, yeah. So. Super cool. But, yeah, congrats to those guys. Chances flying. Dalton, Preston. You guys are all just hauling the mail, man. Yeah. Pretty rad. So pretty cool. Congratulations, Checkers, your 71st race. That's that's awesome. That's pretty wow. cool. Yeah. All right, let's talk um, NGPC this weekend. So um, our top five guys, top six guys last year in the overall for the championship, you had Dante Oliveira. So uh, Dante Oliveira this year, he was uh, RPM. Now he's full factory KTM. So kind of kind of excited to see what he he throws down. Yeah, last year's championship treated him well, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so Hard work. second last year was Trent Stewart or Trevor Stewart. I'm sorry. Trevor, yeah. Trevor. Third was Cole Martinez. Fourth, Austin Walton. Fifth was Dalton Shirley and sixth Shirey. Zach. What's that? Shirey. 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 I always say, I always hear people say Shirley. Anyway, Shirey. And then sixth, Zach Bell. So hopefully you guys could dice it out, make some uh, changes, and get after it. Go for that overall. Yeah, there's a lot of competition in that class, in that series. and Yeah. Uh, those guys are gunning for it, so be fun to watch this year. See see how everybody does. Yep. So moving into the works, we come we got a works race coming up on the twenty third, which will be in Lake Havasu. So um, last year's top five, Taylor Roberts um, for the National Hare and Hound Series. No, for works. Oh, for works. Okay. Works. So okay. and then second last year was Dante Oliveira. So. Uh, it looks like Dante's chasing a couple different series and is doing got two doing really two number well, twos yeah. last year. So uh, 
Dante's been coming up and challenging Roberts. He's been improving more and more. What do you think? Who do you think might get that this year and works? You think Taylor's got his work cut out for him? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. The young guns are chasing him. So, <laughs> uh, But, man, if anybody can put it together, it's Taylor. He, he's a phenomenal rider. Uh, I think it's going to come down to consistency and just, you know, being there at the end, you know, who's no injuries and being consistent throughout the season. But, yeah, yeah. And if any of you guys out there know Taylor, or if Taylor, if you listen to this, I sent you a message today asking you to come on our show as a guest. So oh, that'd be awesome. I've, I've looked up to Taylor for a long time, and yeah. uh, just I think he's a phenomenal rider. We need to hear a story. Love, love his talent, and uh, seen a you know the video of him doing that massive dropout in Warner Valley in Utah in St. George. Uh, yeah, man, just he's a super talented dude. But uh, he, uh, I saw his Instagram today or or Facebook post or something. But he's all got his bike all clean and new looking and yeah. and, and new look. So, but I mean, with Dante moving up to the factory KTM, you know, he's got that full support this year, and so he's definitely definitely going to give Taylor a run for his money. It's going to be good to watch. Yeah. So works will be fun to watch. Just that again, another really stacked series with some phenomenal talent so yep yep well let's talk national hair and hound so last year top five was uh dalton shirey i say that right mm-hmm. and second was uh dave camo dave camo i can't read the writing <laughs> and third was joe Wathen. and fourth zane roberts and fifth jacob augubright so again, another big stack and list of names. Yeah, and that the National Hare and Hound series, I mean that's you know, as as tough as it gets with just the brutal desert and uh, you know, consistency and and equipment failures and injuries, that all comes into play and uh these guys are for sure battling it out. I know it came down to, you know, the last round or two of the Hare and Hound and Dalton Shirey eked it out but uh yeah it's gonna be another good year of hare and hound racing we do have one of those rounds here locally in panaca so uh looking forward to that heck yeah oh and uh didn't justin morgan we had him on a few weeks ago say he was gonna chase that yeah that's right justin morgan i believe said he was gonna go chase some hare and hounds so that'll be fun to see him get in the mix and another super phenomenal talent on a bike yeah again stacked stacked so um new season new beginnings this year so yeah and i think uh i mean axel obviously axel pearson preston campbell those guys are probably chasing the heron house series as well so yeah should be good man we will try to keep you updated from week to week on everything like that now that we have a producer she did an awesome set of notes for us this week and kept us busy. So, yeah, that's really good. Um, Thanks, Ashley. <laughs> I don't think she's listening to us right now. <laughs> um, maybe later this year we'll have an Ashley Ross story. <laughs> Eric got his mic on the floor. My mic was on the floor, so sorry if I'm a little quiet. <laughs> 
Yell. Speak up. Right. Anyways, so let's continue in our closing. Um, again, thanks to our guests. Happy Dave. What what a what a riot. Yeah, great show, great stories. It's just fun to to talk dirt bikes with you know somebody with his passion and uh, great show, man. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it, and it's what keeps this show alive and people listening. So, a little lesson to all you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Right, happy. <laughs> That's right. I think we all do pretty much for the most part. Uh, I know I do. I yep, love it. Yep, yep. Um, so, again, go join our group on the Rocky Mountain Fantasy Supercross. It's free to play, and you have a chance to win big prizes from Rocky Mountain and maybe even a little something from the Desert Dirt Biker podcast. We'll put something together. We're going to. Yep. Put yep. Together. We'll have a good package for you at the end of the Supercross season. So we're pick tr- wisely. Yep. We're trying to give back to our listeners. I wish we could do more. I know we had did that uh, Christmas stocking. I mailed that out and uh, put some pretty cool stuff in there. So, I mean, it's not a million dollars worth, but hey, it's a little something. Kind of cool. Yep. Um, again, thanks to our sponsors. Uh, wreck tires and blood lubricants and uh, throw me a bone guys check them out support them because they're supporting us yeah and go check out our instagram uh corndog makes a little post every week that has the discount codes for those companies all three of those uh, companies offer discount codes and um, that lets them know that you listened to our podcast and you heard about it here and uh, we'd appreciate the support. So go check them out. Yeah. Thanks guys. Um, Guests, if you guys have any idea, um, we got some good guests coming up, but we always take suggestions for new guests and probably a handful of our guests we've had on so far um, has been recommended by a listener. Yeah. That's awesome. We appreciate you guys listening and tuning in. Share it with your friends. Tell them about the podcast. And uh, check out our social media at uh, Instagram. It's the Desert Desert Dirt Biker. Facebook, Katie Eric. Go check those out. Give us a like. Post a comment, question. Share with your friends and family. The more you share, the more we can give back. Heck yeah. And uh, throw us an email, thedesertgroupbiker at gmail.com. Um, anything, anything else? No, man, it's been real. It's been fun. Ashley, you got anything over there? You're good? Ready to go racing? <laughs> yes, you are. We got a couple race, a couple weeks till our first race. So what's going to be your first race, Eric? Uh, my first race is going to be... Legacy Laughlin. Legacy cool. Off-Road Series Laughlin. That's where we're headed. Followed up by a couple of weeks after that will be our first Best in the Desert race. So, Cool. Yep. Pretty stoked. We're getting underway. Yeah, I got to get a I got to get a top end rebuild on my bike before before You're too then, busy. So. I know. Will you build it for me? <laughs> I'll put a paper towel in it. <laughs> Don't do that. I'll, I'll make a sponge air filter. <laughs> Don't do that. I know a guy that done that. Uh, doesn't end well. 
All right. All right, well, guys. This has been episode 34. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And uh, yep, excited. We'll catch you later. Catch you next week. Yep. We'll see you at episode 35. All right. See you at the races. Thank you for listening to the Desert Dirt Biker. Make sure you tune in next time.